right. Good morning, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thank you. Ah, thanks for joining me. This is going to be a, a very special topic and one I'm very excited about. When you get into the AR, VR, XR, extended reality metaverse world, I get super, super excited. So I really appreciate you hopping on and having a good discussion about this one. Appreciate it so much. Looking forward to it. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and just give a brief introduction to you. And then I'd love for you to give a brief introduction into Trevor. And after that, I think we dive into some topics that are really important to our brands out there, digital marketing firms, small to medium businesses. We'll touch on a whole host of things that I know you'll have a lot of experience in and we'll go from there. Does that work? Beautiful. That sounds good. All right. So it's a little uh, impressive here. Uh, I think you might be the first guy who might know more than me, <laughs> <laughs> but your background is you're the CEO and founder of Trevor. You're a member of the Forbes Technology Council. You're on the IAB Board of Directors for Games, Esports, and AR. You've got dozens and dozens of patents to your name, which is just really impressive in this space. And you were formerly the CEO of an ad engine firm for product placement, I think an online gaming and licensing platform company as well before that. Uh, I mean, that that's really, I mean, so you have the experience in digital marketing, analytics, gaming placement, esports, licensing, blockchain, NFT deployment, and all of that. All of that, which keeps me out of trouble. So yeah, it's, it's keeping me very busy these days. How, how do you pick your head up off the pillow? It would be a lot of weight. Yeah, there's a lot of coffee there, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you give us a, just a, a brief in, introduction to Trevor? And I like to do that because it provides validity on the statements that you make and the opinions that you have. Perfect, I appreciate it. So Trevor is about 12 years old now. Um, I actually had my aha moment when I saw my son play an online game years ago, and he was playing the same iteration of the game over and over again to get, to get a better score. Yep. So you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, well, son, you're you're cheating the system here. You know what's going to happen in, in that section of the game. So what I did is the first thing I did was create a randomization engine. With that randomization right. engine, we shuffled information and content, so it went from a linear game experience to a, um, a unique game, game experience every time. You had no idea where the bad guy's going to be, what's going to happen, and for, once we started doing, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was a challenge for him then. Um, <laughs> and once we started doing that, we realized very quickly that we can, you know, if we're changing out random random content. We can look at historical data on users and actually do predictive analytics and place products that are more relevant to each user, uh, being brand specific for each user. So your game experience would be different than mine. You might like Coke, I might like Pepsi, and you'll see Coke, I'll see Pepsi inside the game. So from that was really the, the birth of Trevor's uh, technology, right? This, this product placement inside these immersive environments, online games specifically, using Unity on real gaming engines. And um, so today, fast forwarding where we, are, where we are today, we have 56 patents, 20 wow. of which have been awarded in the XR data analytics space. Wow. And that's really the sweet spot for Trevor, right? We, we understand the viewability metrics, the engagement metrics, everything that's happening in this XR space, regardless yeah. of what platform, what type of 3D object it is, we understand it. And it's actually, it's really interesting, it's almost like history re repeating itself, right? So in the early days of digital advertising, display ads was like the wild, wild west. You know, display ads are different sizes, there's different metrics, different costs. Um, that's why the IEB was formed to clean it up. Um, we're, seeing them, we're seeing a lot of the same thing happen in XR data analytics. Um, and, and that's the reason why we really created, you know, the, the platform that we have now to, to verify, to quantify the viewability metrics, engagement metrics from humans, not, not bot-driven uh, type mm -hmm. of data. And, identify and you can distinguish those two now. 
We are, yeah. The, tech, the platform is so advanced, uh, it, it's very easy to use for one thing, plus it's, it's uh, such a powerful tool to make sure the brand is getting what they're paying for. Yeah, oh, that, that's critical. So you're able to help with the development of the digital asset and then the deployment, you have portals for the AR, VR world that you're deploying for brands. And then you're able to measure that and, and have true, true measurement of how long it's viewed, when it's viewed, how it's viewed, not what we've gotten used to, which is 20, 30% waste on the top side. That, that, that's right. So it's much, again, going back to digital advertising, when they, we call below the fold, you know, there's a, there's a term in IB that says opportunity to see. With digital advertising, display advertising, you know, when, when you scroll down too fast on your, on your computer screen, you, it goes below the fold, you can't see it. Well, take that and it's exponentially more difficult because in augmented reality and virtual reality and, and everything 3D, you can move your phone off the screen, you can, you can lose asset really quickly. It's not just horizontal, it's, yeah. it's vertical, it's diagonal, it's everywhere, right? So it's very complex to actually measure a true viewability metric with uh, 3D assets. Wonderful. So like I always say in, in, in these conversations, we're, we're never plugging anybody, we're never doing an advertisement for a firm. Uh, but that is really critical for you to for them to know in terms of validity of, of of your opinions here and your input. What we really want to really touch on, and what you and I got excited about thinking the topic of, was the really the realization of AR, VR, XR, what you call extended reality, and the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And what we want to talk about is, is how will digital marketing transition into that new kind of direct to consumer environment. Uh, and and the pieces that digital marketing firms will want to have in place or brands will want to have in place, how are they going to approach this market? So we're on the verge of a new digital age here. At least I really truly believe that in digital marketing, brand engagement, direct-to-consumer technology. And I don't think people see the convergence and the evolution that's lying like right in front of us and what's about to take place with the true, I think, believe that the deployment and realization of that frictionless economy. Um, how do you see this evolution taking place? Because AR and VR by most people's perception really didn't gain traction. So how are you seeing the evolution of digital marketing of, of, of these AR and VR capabilities sure. that are in the space? So, so VR especially, right? VR is a little bit slow to adopt because you know it's it's like any first gen type of technology. It's bulky. It's 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 uh, it's not the best out of the box first gen. Uh, but we're seeing you know both that technology get better in terms of the weight on your head in VR and the price tag too. If you remember they first, they first came out with Oculus, um, the price tag was was I forget how much it was. It was it was a lot of money. But now those prices are dropping. The headsets are being lighter, so people can actually stay on VR a little bit longer. And, it, and it's all about this whole, you know, adopting to this whole XR environment. And it is coming, you're right, it's like the Fast and Furious. Um, augmented reality especially, everybody has a, cell, a smartphone in their back pocket. So AR is, is here and now, it's happening. Uh, there's a lot of great AR content out there, a lot of value with AR. Um, you know, the opportunity to, to view in your house before you actually buy, which is great for furniture and fashion and, and electronics and other, and other uh, uh, categories of brands. Um, we're seeing an explosion on, on that front as well too right now. So I think these whole, this, this, this whole digital world we're talking about, this new digital world we're talking about, this whole going into the metaverse space. Now, once, once that happens is we're talking about these brands being able to be shared across different platforms, different devices and different, you know, um, uh, in a seamless way. 
That's non-siloed interoperability. Exactly right, and be able to measure that as those uh, those those three D assets and NFTs, we're going to we call them right now, be able to measure those that that value going across different platforms with you know the same eyeballs. It's very valuable too to be able to do that. Hmm. And so many people have talked about doing that, about being able to get true measurements. And how do you think the evolution of AR and VR, where it is now? why you believe that we're getting to a, a better place for this technology? There's there's a lot of things happening with, let's call it the 3D asset space, right? So these, these digital assets can be from derived from OBJ files, FBX files, a num number of different files you can use that to create an NFT. Now, what's, what's that's where I'm on my phone, I'm looking at AR, VR, and there's, it, it, this thing's too big, that thing's too, too over to the side, I don't see it, the whole space kind of gets messy. It's about the scaling, right? It's about okay. understanding what, how, where those those assets are being deployed and how they're they're being scaled. So that's one of the, you know one of the biggest challenges you saw early on. Traditionally, going back to online games real quickly, if a brand wanted to do a product placement inside an immersive environment's online game, they uh, they want to find different locations. They had to create five different OBJ files, FX files, scale them, shading and lighting, all that stuff had to be correct and placed in there manually in each one of those locations. So now we're seeing technology, and Trevor's one of those uh, technologies that actually has an auto-scaling IP, which is great because we call it one and done, um, where you can actually trade, uh, uh, take an OBJ file um, and then be able to deploy that uh, across different uh, environments and different locations with one click. So that's 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 a big challenge that had to be you know, had, had to, we had to take a look at because if we're talking about scale, we're talking about going you know using the metaverse now across different platforms, different devices. You have to make it easy for brands and for NFT owners and everybody else that has these digital contents to be able to deploy that and make sure once it does land in a different platform, different metaverse space, it looks correct. It doesn't. The shading's not off. It's not too big. It's not too small. So there's a lot of backend technology that happens with with that deployment of these uh, these these 3D objects or NFTs. And do you see or believe that we'll see a resurgence of the use of XR? Sorry, XR as you call it, but AR VR. Are we going to see a resurgence of that? And and I personally do believe yes because they say that our current phones have more power than the the space shuttles that used to take people to the moon, and that's right. in our pockets now. So with the convergence of of computing power with the convergence of these this IP that you have and that other people have in terms of, of resizing mm -hmm. and implementing and deploying these assets. If I'm a ABC digital marketing firm that is representing the brand, do I start to talk about the possibilities of AR and VR again? Absolutely, absolutely. And look, there's there's early case studies that already, there's a lot of case studies actually. We, we had one of them a, a while ago. And we're seeing augmented reality, especially augmented reality, is just the, the, the engagement rates, the, uh, the, the click-throughs, the time that these people spend with AR content, it's through the roof. You know, no longer somebody's looking for a 30-second ad video and looking away from it. They're, they're engaged with that furniture inside their house via AR. They're taking pictures of it. They're changing the colors of the couch. They're sharing with their wife or husband and say, hey, what do you think about this one? Um, and we're seeing that value for, especially for AR, just, it's just, it's enormous right now. And we're seeing a, a lot of big brands flocking to it very quickly. Yeah. And, and, and once again, just my opinion, I feel like AR VR is going from acute technology to a real powerhouse with the convergence of those pieces. Yeah. And, and there's tons of data to back that up. You're absolutely right, Brandon. There's, there's tons of data to back that up, even though it's early on. We're seeing more and more, and and if you're not you're not you're not in the space now, you will be soon as a brand <laughs> because it, because people are asking for it. 
So as a digital marketing firm, it, it's really a good time to put some resources behind this and start figuring out how you can do these deployments for your brands, how you can develop these portals, these AR, VR portals. What about the non-siloed aspect of AR and VR? Many times there's a, a I'll go on an AR, VR portal, it'll come across my screen and it'll just kind of mess everything up. It's going to take me to a different location. Like that, that's a frustrating part from the consumer's point of view. So are, are there opportunities to really address that in the space? Yeah, it, it's really understanding, again, going back to the, the technology that understands these different XR locations, right? Understanding the scale of them, understanding what, what assets are being deployed. Um, and there, there are requirements for these assets to be deployed correctly because you don't want a heavy, I'll, I'll use a tech, uh, a geeky technology uh, term right now, polygon counts, right? And what that means, polygons are just triangles. Triangles create a 3D asset. Okay. If you have too many triangles, too many polygons, um, the size of that of that load of that 3D asset is going to bog down the system, and it may or not may or may not deploy into that environment correctly. So there are rules and regulations for everybody can, and that's what I'm working with the IB with right now is they create these standards um, to understand what size object file can be deployed across, you know, uh, web AR, uh, which okay. is you know very restrictive because that's you know there's no app download. You're, that's, it's it's here now. Um, as, as opposed to playing an online game or using an app that can have a, a higher polygon and triangle count because it is yeah. a, a, it's an app download. Yeah, something more frustrating than having these advertisements or these kind of cheeky engagement tools that then ruin the entire experience. And that nobody I like to see. Yeah, nobody likes to see that spinning wheel, right? Nobody likes to see that thing just sit there and turn. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for that asset to load. So yeah. It's... Well, and, and for me, it's funny because I'll watch. Uh, a whole host of, of, of streaming platforms or, or different things that that where I engage with brands and I'll actually get annoyed with the advertisers because yeah. they're interrupting me there it's bogging down the system or whatever it's doing um, and also the big thing is is tailoring and 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 especially data mm -hmm. we've had mm -hmm. a lot of conversations around well why are you the brand benefiting from my data? Why are mm -hmm. you being rewarded for my data? And, and really the idea of tailoring that data. So all working towards, like you said, that frictionless economy, that direct to consumer. How do you see the evolution of, of data in the economy or, or in that, in that uh, environment? Data is a huge, huge part of this, right? So, you know, look, you, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it, it's your data. You should be rewarded for that. And a couple of companies have tried this in the past. Um, and, and, and there are some things that work, some things that didn't. Uh, we, I, another shameless plug, we are working on something right now, uh, engage with partners with that. But um, we, we think we figured out how to do this in, in the right way. It's, it's not only rewarding the users for their data. It, again, you mentioned siloed data, going from different platforms, different devices. And we all get frustrated with seeing the same car ad if we already bought the car, uh, especially we jump from different browsers, different different uh, sites. We, we see that same ad because that cookie data, which is getting more and more, you know, non-useful because of GDPR and CC, CCPA compliances, is getting away from being able to track people accordingly. Now, if the if the users are getting rewarded for their data, it's a contractual agreement between you know the company and the user, so that, that you can use that data to help you know, predictive analytics and not show the same ad over and over again if we know somebody actually bought that brand. And again, it, it doesn't help the advertiser and doesn't help the consumer because they get tired of seeing it. 
So how do you qualify or quantify in this space? I think qualify is the better word for good data. What get, get a little in the weeds of how is there an evolution of data that's occurring? Especially with XR, you know, we're talking about XR right now and the amount of data that comes from XR from the viewability metrics, again, being able to see that asset in its entirety in the screen, how big the asset got in that screen, the 3D right. asset inside the user screen, be it VR, AR, even 3D online game. Um, and be able to understand, you know, if they saw the brand logo and for how long and what do they do with it? You know, were there options and inside there to actually learn where to buy it, share with friends. So when you go back and look at viewability and engagement, viewability and engagement, you can come up with, with a, a mean value on how many, you know, what, 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 how many seconds somebody should see something before there's a click action that happens. And, and again, that's, that's what we're looking at right now is looking at those different user IDs if we see data anomalies that doesn't fit our, our pattern, mm -hmm. where there's a, there's a view then a click, I mean within a millisecond, it's probably bot driven. It's probably bad. It's probably bad data, and we we you know we we identify that. And the opposite side of that is if somebody clicks on it and stays too long, then what? You know, it's you can't stay on there and rack up the viewability uh, metrics because yeah. that's abuse as well too. So with with big data being able to look at viewability and engagement comes you know more problems but if you're if you're smart about this and, and you look at the data and in terms of what what a human should see and you have that foundation set and you know again the whole system is going to learn anybody says we're going to learn when they get this big data and be able to crunch it but it's really being like to identify those 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 strains anomalies that happen with data to identify bot driven or ad far or misclicks as well too so but What's really cool about XR because you have that big data coming in there. There's ways to look look for those uh, those 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 bad actors. Hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be really critical for the users, consumers, the brands, and the middlemen. Now, a big evolution to this, and I'm kind of jumping the shark a little bit, is blockchain, especially NFTs, mm -hmm. because NFTs have have gained a lot of interest lately. But a lot of feel, people feel that there's speculation. Do you think that the evolution of this NFT technology, especially even blockchain, how will that affect the AR, VR world? I, I think you had mentioned something when we first talked about Coca-Cola being a good kind of case study to look at. Yeah, no, Coca is really cool what they did in NFT not too long ago. But you know, look, look, I, I think it's, I think this is a great time, especially to be a 3D digital uh, uh, creator. Because these, these guys are artists, right? They create some really cool stuff. If it's branded content, it's great. But there's a lot of really cool digital artwork out there that are not getting paid for. So using cryptocurrencies, Ethereum especially, is, is the major hitter right now to secure that 3D asset in a blockchain and, and thus becomes an NFT, a non-fungible token. There's ownership now. There's ownership where people can't lift it, can't hijack your 3D asset that you spent weeks, months, or years creating. And, and, and take it away from you. So it's a digital fingerprint that identifies that I'm the creator, and therefore if I do sell this or rent it out, I should re re reap the rewards for this whole thing. But, um, you know- All of that can be tracked? It is, it is, yeah, especially blockchain. So blockchain is, is you know, it's, you know it, it's great because it's decentralized, right? There's yeah. not just one owner like you have in a database, you can hack the database and change that information in there. And there's hundreds or not thousands of different miners that have that code at the same time in that node, in that blockchain. And it's 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 pretty, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's fully bulletproof because you never know about these things, yeah. that, you know, um, uh, with X, with the data. But uh, I mean, it's, it's the best tool anybody has right now to secure their assets online. 
Well, and I always say that uh, I like to go from theoretical to practical. So going back to that that Coca-Cola case study, mm. tell me, kind of give people the introduction to that and what they did and, and really allowing a brand ambassador or a consultant or a digital marketing firm to see how they could implement something for a sure. brand utilizing these tools that we've discussed. Sure. So, so Coca-Cola did an NFT sale about, uh, I would say maybe six weeks ago, a month and a half ago, and it was on Decentraland, a metaverse space, um, and it lasted for a few days. It was an auction like most, most of these NFTs are. And I think it lasted about a week for the auction. Um, the end result, there was four NFTs that Coke was, was selling. One was a Coke jacket, like a, like a you know, winter jacket. Um, like one of the and, big poofy ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what those pillowcase ones always call them. But uh, yeah, so so um, that was one of the assets, and the 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 winner of that bid, you know, I think it was five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars that won that auction. Wow. So, so what it allowed uh, what it allowed that user to do in in, in uh, Decentraland was to put that you know put that coat jacket on their avatar and walk around. So once this happened, we got the call from from different um, ad agencies and asked, well, you can you know, can you guys measure that viewability metrics with that coat jacket inside Decentraland? The answer is yes. And that's very that's very interesting because now we go from NFTs being speculative. Right. So it's like artwork. You, you, you buy the artwork today, either it's physical or digitalness and, and digitalness in, in this regards. And you hope that tomorrow, next year, you can sell for more what you bought it for. Yeah. But if you have a technology that understands the viewability and the awareness and the value of that online metric, that, that brain awareness metric, there's a way to quantify that. Then you can go back and actually earn ad revenue from the brand because you're promoting the brand. And in this case, ah. Coca-Cola and yeah. Decentraland, you can be their brand ambassador walking around that Coke jacket all day long and earn money. And then with that, you can take we can take a look at well if if it's earning, you know, five hundred thousand dollars each year, and that brings up a value of this coke jacket could be sold for maybe two million, you know, two years in advance. Um, there's ways of looking at quantifying uh, what an NFT you know sh you know could be sold for, yeah. as opposed to being speculative. So you're talking about it could actually you could monetize the NFT for the holder of it, even though it's a it's a, a Coca-Cola product, or it was a Coca-Cola uh, asset. Now you're you're able to incentivize the customer. Exactly right. So it's, so it's an investment. Oh. It's, it's, it's even a better investment now because instead of hoping that you're going to get some money, there's a mechanism that that says this is the value of this brand awareness in these metaverse spaces. Now you know you, you take that same coat jacket, and again, this metaverse is cross-platform. You go to, to Central Land, you go to Roblox, you go to any di different metaverse space, you know, and you get your whole family on the on these metaverse spaces, walking your avatar around, racking up the yeah. viewability metrics and brain awareness for Coke. I mean, it's a good payday for everybody. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I let's use a, an example like Call of Duty. So I don't imagine if you're playing Call of Duty, you want to wear a bright red Coca-Cola coat, <laughs> but Coca-Cola could do something where they say, hey, Snoop Dogg, let's create an NFT of you uh, and let's put him in the Coca-Cola sh and a side, uh, kind of a side game or side activity. I'm, I'm losing the, the name of it. <laughs> um, a side challenge is to go yeah. first one to find Snoop Dogg gets that NFT and can have Snoop Dogg run around with them in the game. And if they have that level of viewership, the, the, the person who owns that NFT, they can monetize that. Exactly right. Like and that's I a real uh, 
option for a deployment at this stage of the game. Absolutely. And that's wow. that's what's really needed in this space too, because it's lacking that. It really is lacking that. Again, it's just, you know, you, you buy something today and you hope tomorrow you sell it for more, but now there's 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 algorithms and formulas that says, look, here's what you should be charging for this, if not, you know, a, a monthly fee to back the brand. Or let's let's yeah. take it a step further. Let's let's go back to a, a generic asset, something that creates a really cool NFT painting. You know, it's not Coke, it's not Nike, it's 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 uh, it's their own. But then they populate that in decentraland. They put it in our, in, you know, in different locations, and they're getting that awareness value. They're getting that viewability metrics, right? And you, you took, you take a look at the numbers in terms of let's say this, this user has a thousand people that's seeing it a month, and we know some of these influencers are getting hundreds of thousands, not millions of people are going to their specific site on decentraland or metaverse spaces. They say, you know what? That'd be a great investment. I could take that because I know it's having X amount of viewability metrics with that NFT and, and just with a thousand people in that person's uh, environment. I take that, put it in my environment. I'm getting a million people a month, and then I could take that and rack up the the, the viewability metrics and sell it. So, we're, we're again, there's there's a lot of moving parts. You know, NFTs, metaverse space is is new. There's there's a lot of wiggle room as as always with new technologies, but um. I think you know it's going to be tweaked. It's going to get better, and I think more to your point, it's going to be what can we do next? How can we put Snoop Dogg and Call of Duty make sense and, and fun and engaging? And just, there's going to be ways of doing that. I mean, my kids play Call of Duty. Uh, I don't really because I just get absolutely slaughtered. Uh, I'm just <laughs> cannon fodder out there. But I mean, if I was to go in there and just run around and try to catch Snoop Dogg while everybody's firing at me, I, I would do that. Like I have. I'd have a lot yeah, of fun. No, yeah, I think, you know, you, you mentioned like these mini games, just side games, and it could be rewarding too. So let's say Snoop Dogg, um, you know, is, is has the Nike shoes on. And, and if you get them, um, <laughs> if you get them, um, or you capture them, then you get the 20% discount on that Nike shoe that, that comes out. So there's a way of gaming finding these NFTs, a way of gaming find to where it's fun and engaging, um, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can blend this. Again, it's not linear like video ads and display ads. We're talking about three assets that can be animated. Um, you know, there could be a component to where, um, you, you, again, Snoop Dogg using Snoop Dogg to where he actually yeah. is standing in your living room and you're looking at your phone in AR and he's sitting there talking to you like, hey, you know, go to Nike tomorrow and buy this, buy my new shoe. And, and, and with this uh, discount coupon, you know, uh, download it here. So the collaborations that, because I, what I see is the new, the new environment really is that frictionless piece and the entertainment piece. Right. Those right. two components with the computing power, with NFTs and blockchain, with these AR, VR worlds coming together, I think that's the two kind of pillars of the new age of digital marketing and engagement. I mean, I, I could, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Brandon. I really couldn't. It just, I, you know, it's, I get excited about this. So you hear me talking faster and faster as we go on. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I'm sorry I'll slow down. But uh, look, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg we're seeing. Again, there's going to be so many different unique minds that come up with these different scenarios that we just, you and I just touched about Snoop and Call of Duty. It's, I mean, it's going to, the exponential growth is going to be huge and quick. It's coming very, very quick with this. I'm a huge Snoop Dogg fan. If he does get a deal from this, I do expect some sort of NFT from him. <laughs> uh, a 50-50 split right here, right now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a huge uh, Snoop Dogg fan. So um, the one piece that I would ask about, and I'd like to go through a practical example of something that is more mundane, because Coca-Cola, Snoop Dogg, huge trust power, huge engagement, 
And yeah, they have the resources to easily deploy something like this. Um, before I get to like a practical use case that I'd like to just throw on you and see what we come up with, what about the, the firewalls between these metaverses? I think the issue right now is there are all these, there are hundreds of different siloed quote unquote metaverses, right? Mm -hmm. And what we mean by metaverse is really just an environment where people engage and it's in a virtual way. I think that's an easy definition. Um, I see the silos being a huge issue and then data traveling back and forth. I mean, are you gonna be able to track that data as it goes through these different hemispheres, even if those firewalls are opened up? Those are the issues that I still see in our infrastructure. Yeah, there is a way of doing that. There is a way of doing that. Okay. And, and it's, you know, the, a lot of these games you see online right now, they're using two big gaming engines. Um, and it's really, it comes down to the, you know, the, the game developer that's going to allow these, these assets to be deployed inside their environments. So once they do that, um, and like I so said, we're already doing this now. Um, once, we, once you do that, those assets can be deployed in any environment that has their door open to, you know, these, these, these three assets. So, you know, it's, it's a cookie-less technology. Um, it does track across different browsers, different platforms, different devices. And yeah, we're going to see, you know, the, the, end of, the end of cookies, the end of data silos, because it doesn't make sense to keep tracking the same user in, in these silos as he or she moves across a digital environment from different environments and, 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 get, and get the same ads over and over again. That, that's yeah. bad for everybody. It's, it really is. Um, so with this being opened up again, the whole metaverse space is, is very unique because we can do this. Um, we're going to see just the, 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 the value of data just be through the roof like we've never seen before. Do you see an issue with how tailored this can become? Because I do see that with the evolution, this can become extremely tailored to the individual. So I got to put my hand up. I am a Coke fan. I don't like Pepsi at all. Does this tailoring and, and does it allow so that Pepsi doesn't have a way to get to me? So that, you know, I, that it doesn't allow me to see other opportunities because the algorithms, the data think that that's all I want to see. It, it, it all depends on how much you want to throttle that, 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 that opening, right? Yeah. Uh, if they want to every now and then target users that they know they're Coke fans with, with a new product, um, you know, uh, let's, 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 let's get away from Coke and Pepsi. Let's just say brand A and brand B, right? Let's say I'm a big fan of brand A. Um, the system knows that, and yeah, they, they give me the, the new information on the brand day, and because I'm a big fan of that, maybe I get the new, I get to see the new um, um, brands that are coming out for, for that company, which is great. But every now and then, I mean, because people do shift, you know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I was a big Starbucks fan until I moved um, not too long ago, and Starbucks wasn't anywhere close to me. You know, Pete's Coffee was. So okay. yeah, you have you have historical data on me being a, a, a Starbucks fan for many many years. All of a sudden, there's a shift. Why was that shift? What happened? I you know, in this case, I moved and Pizza's right down the road. Why drive another five miles down the street for Starbucks when Pizza's right here? Yeah. So there's there there are all those components where people are going to change their mind, are going to have a different take on, and uh, maybe maybe they have a, a brand a bad brand experience with A, and they want to go to B now. So there is ways to actually, you know, send that send that 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 hit out there to brand B every now and then and see what happens. You know, they come back and it's a zero. Um, hold off on, on marketing to those guys in, uh, in in time in the near future, but you know, keep keep t uh, testing the water with that and see what happens. Do you think that Ready Player One is a very good example of what we could see? 
Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, you know, I understand why people say it's scary good, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's really blurring reality with, with uh, the whole virtual world. Uh, for some people, that could be a great thing, right? Um, but if we, if we take it in moderation, we take it to what the, the values are, and we're very careful in how we do it. Um, and I think a lot of these brands and a lot of these tech companies are doing you know, the, the right thing right now, um, as opposed to uh, abusing the system. I think it's going to make it a better experience for the user. And that's what you have to have. You have to have a great experience for the user or he or she is not going to participate anymore and they're going to sign off and that brand's dead in the water or anybody else is going to go after them. So there has to be checks and balances. There has to be, you know, fun and engaging, all, all those things across what we were just talking about in order to have a successful campaign and not to really irritate somebody and have them say, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once again, I just keep going back to entertain me and make it easy. And yeah, I, and, and the whole data side, you know, on the whole data reward side, yeah, you know, if, if we go back to that whole system to where people are getting paid for the data, there still has to be opt-out. Again, there, there might be something that happens with this whole experience, you know, a year down the road, and I might say, you know what, I, this, I, maybe I'm getting tracked too much, maybe I'm getting the same thing over again uh, too much, whatever it is, I want out. And there has to be an opt-out. The, the, the control has to be in the consumer's and the online user's hand all day long. They have to get the value of the data. The, you know, they have to be monetized or, or rewarded for that data. At the same time, they got to have the on and off switch for that data as well, too. And the brands need to be able to see clear, concise data that's authentic, true, and 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 of good quality. Absolutely. Then, so that's going to help with you know our you know predictive analytics. It can help with uh, targeting, um, retargeting people, um, not wasting their ad dollars. Um, and, and this with this enriched in data, it's going to you know it's, it's going to be a premium buy now because we know, we know from you know uh, browser beef to browser A and back and forth and different games, different environments they're into. Um, we know what this user is doing, so that's a value back to them. And what's what's really cool and what we're seeing, we haven't touched upon it yet, maybe you're getting into me, I'm jumping, jumping ahead, is, is how this whole AR, especially AR, is being used outside of gaming and outside of metaverse spaces. So we're seeing AR being used in different things like video ads to enhance traditional video ads, right? So you're seeing these tags, seeing AR now, and some of these video ads or display ads. So we can click on, I'm watching the same watch and looking at a, um, a Canon camera video and there's a little tag at the very top here. I click on, you know, using my cell phone, I click on that video, I click on the tag and it says, you know, see the camera in AR, it pauses the video and then you can see the camera, the camera lenses and different, you know, ancillary brands that go along with that camera okay. and you can see that in AR. So again, you can see how vast this is getting from, from immersive environments to gaming to metaverse space, measuring, quantifying viewability metrics and, and understanding that data and rewarding these people with that data. But then when they bounce out and there's a component to traditional advertising, digital advertising that has a tag that can open up a portal, you mentioned earlier, a portal for, v, uh, for AR, yeah. to see branded content in 3D and AR, it carries this, this whole metaverse, NFT, 3D, XR, whatever you want to call it, it just transcends the whole digital environment. That's a so you actually brought me to my next topic perfectly. Let's get down into the weeds. A digital marketing firm comes to someone like Trevor, right? And they say, we've got uh, a furniture company. I mean, it's pretty boring sometimes, right? So I am ABC Digital Marketing Company. I've got this furniture company. I come to you. Tell me what you could do and what the, the AR, VR infrastructure could do that is not seen as a cute marketing ploy that is a truly effective what take me from a to, to z on what you might see an engagement like that 
be now as opposed to what we've had in the past? Yeah, so so ARs, um, so using that that tool for you know for for that for that ad, taking the furniture. So yes, we can place furniture. You know, Amazon, everybody's doing this now. There's Wayfair, it has their own AR um, assets out there. You can see furniture in your house, take pictures, change colors. That's great. But taking a, a, a step deeper into that is there could be components to where you click on an, uh, an icon on your phone. And it separates, you know, maybe the foam from the chair, the couch. It tells you what the quality of the foam is. It tells you all the information about how it was built or where it was built. I mean, it could really wow. get into some really cool stuff about why why this costs so much money as opposed to what I just looked at, wow. you know, on a different side. I never thought of yeah. that because that's where blockchain yeah. becomes so critical because you could actually, in that ARVR space, see that foam, see what it was made from, where it was made, how it was made. And that just, not only am I seeing if it looks good in my living room, but I'm seeing if it looks good for my soul. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And that wow, really like quantifies, that. you know, the, the value of that brand. You know, again, this brand might be a little bit more expensive, but the foam is is the best foam you can get. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the leather is genuine leather. It's not fake leather. Um, you can see where it was made. Um, you can see the return policy. You can do all kinds of stuff with that. You can really dissect a brand to learn more about it, which, which again, it becomes fun engaging. Yeah, you, yes, you can do this on video ads where you can, you know, the video ad shows that, but if you have a user clicking on, show me this, show, show me this, uh, this chair, this couch that's taken apart. I want to, I want to learn more about the, the, the fabric, the, the leather, the, the, the wood, is it real wood, is it fake wood? And people are engaging, you have much more time with that. You have a, be a better brand recall because they're engaging with it. They're seeing different aspects of that furniture. Um, and it just, again, the data that comes in from these experiences is just through the roof. I mean, you, and with blockchain, you could have social rating qualifications on who the company is and their CEOs. I mean, you can do a whole host of things that are instantaneously qualified. And, you know, with a furniture. So if I was a brand, could I come to you and say, hey, I sorry to, to overuse Snoop. But I've got a collaboration with Snoop. And if you put the AR, could you put the, could you digitize this in an AR VR platform, put it in the room and have Snoop Dogg sitting in it saying, hey, Brandon, man, drop this like it's hot. This is good. You got to drop this into your, your checkout because into your cart, because this is, this is perfect right here. Is, I mean, is that in any way practical? It is, and actually, if you take a step further, so if you had Snoop standing next to a brand, let's say, um, let's say maybe maybe it's a lamp or the chair, whatever it is, whatever the brand it is, you can actually go there and have you know and stand next to him and have your wife, or your friend, take a picture of you and Snoop with that brand. And it, I mean, there could be things to where if you share that on social media, you then you get a response back for a ten percent discount from the brand. So there's ways to. To, to to involve the consumers, right, in a way they've never done before. You know, I'm hanging out with Snoop in my living room. Here's a picture of me and Snoop right now in my living room, which is cool, fun, and engaging. At the same time, I get a reward for that because I share that on, on social media. I get a reward for doing that. So once that's shared on social media, as we all know, this thing goes through the roof, right? One share goes to many people, which, go, again, gets shared again and over and over again. So that's the real value of how these, this, this, especially AR, can play a huge role in marketing um, and what, what you can do with that. And again, we're just talking about the early days of this thing. And it's going it's gonna to be, you know, a year from now, we're talking about this again. We're going to go, wow, we we're, were way off. It's, it's doing so much better than we ever thought, right? Yeah. So, um, that's, no, it's, 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 it's a very exciting space right now. Yeah, you see, I get excited about it. We, we do have to coin a term like frictionless entertainment. Like that's the new 
uh, e-commerce world. I don't, I don't know what it is. You could, you're smarter than me. You can come up with something. If I was a digital marketing firm and I came to you with ABC Furniture Company, what does the really the cost of deployment? Let's say, and I, I don't want a Coca-Cola level or you know soda company a level engagement, but I do. I want to digitize some things. I want to build this ARVR portal, and I do want to entertain. Uh, what does that look like from a cost? Is that just open to the Fortune 1000s or is that open to the two or three, you know, shop furniture company? It's, it's across the board. I mean, it's, it's mom and pop stores down the street. It's, it's, it's the big, you know, Wayfair's the world. It's, it's the Lamborghini's the world. Um, and, and that's that's a really big misconception that a lot of people have. They think, oh, augmented reality, that's, that's going to cost an arm and a leg can't afford that. And the way we're doing it, that's that's not true at all. Um, to create a 3D asset, we, we just had a client just, we just finished a big job for a client. It sounds weird as a mattress uh, company. Okay, and, so uh, for yeah, fits. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we took a mattress apart in 3D, did all really cool stuff, and it was, you know, it, 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 it's great. Oh, that's not fair. So, so I gave you a softball as an example. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? I teach you yeah. up. That's going to look so contrived. So, so <laughs> keep going, keep going. All right, so... Um, so, so what we did for those guys is we took those, they only had 2D images of, of their brand. They had no 3D assets. And we, it took us, it wasn't too long to take, you know, to take the, the 2D images and understand the, 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 the color skews and, and, and the logos and all that stuff, which they supplied and create a 3D asset, a 3D object file. Um, again, you know, it's, you can't put a price tag on what a 3D asset is because from a candy bar to a Lamborghini, there's a lot of complexities, a lot more polygons going back to the technical side of this whole thing. Yeah. A lot more, you know, complex builds that are out there. But I will say um, it's not expensive as you think it is. And the cool part of this whole thing is once you do it, again, going back to NFTs and metaverse and all this stuff, once you do that, you have that asset and you can deploy it inside games. You can deploy it on video ads, display ads. You can deploy it on your email blast. It goes everywhere. So I would say to answer your question, um, give us a ring because it, it's not as, as not as uh, painful as you think it is to create these. I'm excited to see because I've, I've seen this for the past four or five years. Like I've been, like I said, I've been involved with the blockchain technologies for about seven years, six or seven years. And I said, wow, over the last few years, I've said, I'm seeing that convergence. And yeah. I think it's, it's really starting to get there. Um, to kind of wrap up, uh, I always like to ask the technologically focused individuals, become a futuristic profit for me for the next, what does the next two to three years look like? And then the next five to 10, you know, those two segments, what do you... What do you just make it up? Doesn't matter if you're right or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably eat my words the next year from now, right? I but, know, um, everybody will. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, NFT space, every day I wake up, there's more news about it. It's it's, it's just it's just it's just growing so damn fast, which is great. It's great for everybody. Yeah. Um, especially the content creators that really didn't get paid for anything back in the days. I mean there there was component there, but there's not much now. But um like the lack of barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And it was, you know, it was overcrowded. Um, and, and the biggest, you know, the biggest, you know, digital 3D assets you can build is for brands. The most, you know, most, most uh, rewarding are, are, you know, in terms of being, getting paid. But now you're seeing artists, you know, artists just going crazy with this whole thing. And rightfully so, because it, it's, it's, it's art, it's digital art. Um, and it's really cool. So, 
So to answer your question, I think we're going to see you know, where we started. I think we're going to see VR headsets come way down. And we're looking, no, uh -huh. I think I think actually we're going to maybe even get in from going from a VR goggles to smart glasses, which we haven't talked about, to where something like you're wearing right now, you know, I know Apple and others are coming out with these smart glasses to where it's lightweight and you maybe get the same experience you have with VR. So we're seeing more and more people push on that side of the technology. Um, and really, you know, I, I, I really do think we're going to see you know, this 3D, this XR space overtake traditional digital advertising um, very quickly. I mean, it's, okay. it's happening now. You actually see with my, with my new iPhone I have, you know, with, with uh, Google Maps, you see, you know, if I want to walk down or uh, walk, walk the streets in New York, you can actually see an AR how to get there as opposed to just looking at a 2D map. It's, yeah. it's, it tells you, though, know, you turn right on, on uh, A Street or B Street. But with that, again, that can be product placements. If we know that you're looking for furniture, there could be an AR feature that comes up in that window that says, hey, this, there's a furniture sale around the corner. Go check it out. Here's 10% discount. We're going to see how this whole XR and data, uh, um, this whole XR world is going to actually start blending itself yep. and actually enhancing yep. traditional advertising. And look, we haven't even talked about OTT, over the top, outside, you know, billboard advertising or CTV. I mean, but but XR is going to be part of it or not take it all over. And I think that's that's going to happen very very quickly. And God knows what's going to happen in three to five years. I mean, it might be something way, way different than what we've been thinking about. Maybe we're, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's amazing to see how fast things are going right now. Yeah. And, and I, I definitely see, you made a great point, the, the Venn diagram of digital and real life. I think that overlap is just going to increase exponentially, where my digital experience and my real world experience, whereas now they're fairly separate, are going to start to really overlap on each other. It really is. Again, using using you know this this these this new digital assets, this technology called NFTs or AR, whatever you would call it. It's instead of marketing to, you're marketing with people, right? Yeah. So you're yep. actually they're, they're engaged with your that. brand yeah. now. They're engaged with your brand. I just thought of that. Write that down. So that, 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 <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I liked it. Brand ambassadors, <laughs> your your marketing. Yeah. With. I think that's a. Yeah, so as, as opposed to pushing me content, let me engage with it, let me have fun with it, let me, let me kick it around virtually and see if I like it or not. And again, um, even if I don't like it today, that that awareness sticks with me because it was, you know, I was engaged with it and I was in AR, I took a picture of it. And maybe two nights I wake up from now and go, you know what, I, I wanna go back, I, I think I do like that brand now, I wanna go back there and look at it again. So again, you don't get this with traditional digital advertising at all. Um, yeah, and I'm wearing glasses, I'm walking around Hey, Google, I think I'm going to get that couch that I liked. And then Google says, OK, well, there's one right over here. There's one right over there. We can have it shipped to you in 24 hours. Which do you prefer? Yeah. Go ahead and ship it to me. Done. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Or, or save it for later because I want to see it in my house. I might be walking the streets now. Save that couch. Uh, you know, yeah. That's on the, you know, I want to see it in my house before I actually buy it. Again, try before you buy, right? Um, a big, big part of the whole AR side. Oh, this, this has been a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think it is here now. Uh, and I'll definitely put Trevor's contact information, your information under this, this uh, recording, because I think it's critical for people to know that this is something they can implement now for smaller brands, uh, for, for even larger brands, there's a first mover's advantage, there's an entertainment factor. But for these digital marketing firms, there isn't a, a heavy uh, resource or barrier to entry for this. Like this is something you can be doing Absolutely. now and offering to your brands. 
Yeah, and, and, and the response, the brain lift you get from that, um, it's just, you know, again, you don't, the, the, the um, people want to try this out. They don't have to go crazy about this. They can try it out. They can, they can dip their toes in the water and see if it works and get back data analytics very quickly. And if it does work, they can, you know, jump in. Um, so it's not like you have to go all in at first. You can play around with AR, especially AR. You can play around with that and, and see if it works for your brand. If it doesn't, um, revert back to what you're doing. But I, I'm, what I'm seeing right now, it's 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 uh, across the board. It's a huge, huge play. Now, I think people really enjoy this conversation. At least I hope so, because I've been kind of wondering what it is. Quick question: What are those shiny objects behind you? Well, those are a few of our, our patents. Yeah, a few of our patents. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there's there's twenty up there, I think. I think there's twenty up there. So yeah, so those those are twenty uh, patents uh, specifically on data analytics for XR. Um, so we we understand this space. I've, I've been in this space for uh, twelve years. You know, early early on, I would tell people about everything we you and I just talked about, and they they would look at me like I was crazy. I should be hot, uh, you know, institutionalized. Uh, but uh, but now <laughs> you know, no NFTs, metaverse, and everything else. Now they're like, how, how, Joel? How can we do this? We want to do it now. What's how easy is, is it to, to get into and, and push us out? Yeah, and I feel like now it is really doable. So it really is great conversation. Um, maybe we'll throw some case studies below this people can access or great examples. Anything you want to send to me that I can connect with the people? Really appreciate it. You got it, Brandon. Thank you so much. All right, Joel. Have a great it. one. You too. Take care.